Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Well, that's great. That's just fucking great, man. Now what the fuck are we supposed to do? We're some real pretty shit now, man. You finished man. Game over, man. It's game over. How do I say goodbye to what we have? The good time that made us laugh, I'll Yes, folks, good good evening and welcome to the Huddle Up podcast here on NGSCSports.com. Jim and Dave will be joining us in just a minute, and I know he's probably going to be pissed at uh, my intro. I hope that he has some sympathy on me, but let's let's be honest, folks. We know that's not going to be the case. It is Wednesday, January the 18th, 2017. We are here again, NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Visit the homepage, visit the... For all the content, check out the uh, all the shows across the NGSC Sports Radio Network by searching NGSC on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, or the TuneIn Radio app. You can also podcast our show, Huddle Up with Jim and Dave, on iTunes or Android. If you subscribe on iTunes, make sure you rate and review us and uh, let everyone else know about the show. Also, we stream daily on LeebSports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast, the homepage of your Huddle Up Podcast here, ngscsports.com. Our co-host Dave is with us, and Dave, take your best shot. I, uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sad week for, uh, for old Big Jim here. I don't even. Uh, I don't even think I need to take a shot. Uh, I'll save that for later when you're not expecting it. I have some uh, pretty Dave S stats that are going to be coming out at you at some point. So um, get ready to enjoy them, big guy. So I have. So I have stuff to look forward to. Great, great, uh, uh, folks. It's never if you pleasure with me, man. It, it sure is. Uh, the the phone line is open. It's going to be open for the whole show. Not sure the length of the show is. Uh, football season, of course, winding down. There's not a lot to talk about, not a lot of games to talk about. Uh, so we have an open phone line. The number is 866-398-0383. Again, that is 
888-957-0383. You can call in. You can, uh, you know, poke fun at me for the Cowboys losing. You can uh, talk about the games this weekend from this past weekend, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, we will uh, we will be glad to, to take your call and, uh, and, and all of that. So, Dave, we might as well jump right into it. Divisional weekend this past weekend, of course, the probably the the biggest game, the best game, maybe the best game of the playoffs, definitely so far at least. Obviously, with three games left, uh, you know, games could be better uh, than the one we saw. But uh, a a game for the ages, as some people are calling it, uh, the Cowboys falling to the Packers on a last second field goal, thirty four to thirty one. The Green Bay Packers move on to the NFC Championship game. Before we kind of get into stats and thoughts about the game itself, um, you know, really digging deeper into it, um, do you have any overall thoughts on this game uh, from this past weekend? Um, You know, I, I think it was a uh, – I, I think it was kind of the game that we thought that we were going to get, for lack of better terms. And, uh, I mean, it was you, – you have a razor-hot quarterback. Um, I, I could even – potentially make the argument that this is one of the the hottest quarterbacks that we have seen in the past 10 years. I mean, the man is doing this with no running backs, no wide receivers, uh, and I mean no starting wide receivers virtually, virtually no running backs, et cetera. Uh, and he's just throwing lasers all over the football field. Um, as I think I said multiple times throughout this uh, this, this year, I think the, the Cowboys were slightly overrated, and if Dak got behind, they were going to be in trouble. But uh, you you have absolutely nothing to be ashamed about about how he came back there. Um, part of that, uh, I, I think there's some coaching flaws on what uh, how Green Bay did some things. But uh, that, that that being said, they still came the whole way back. So you you got to give them credit for that. And uh, as a as a Cowboys fan, you got to be pretty upset that they lost. But you have to you have to be pretty uh, pretty amped about the future. I mean, this is. Uh, this is a bright future you have here with, with this young core and uh, the, the ability for them to come back. Yeah, I mean, obviously Sunday, um, stunned, shocked, angry, pissed off. Uh, the range of, uh, of emotion was, was pretty high um, throughout, you know, from kickoff until the, the game came to an end. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's weird. I was talking to Mitch, and and I I wouldn't be shocked if Mitch uh, calls in tonight to uh, to get a couple of shots in on me. But the you know that usually when when the my one of my team loses in the playoffs, there's always kind of this well we kind of blew our shot feeling to it. Where here I, I don't necessarily have that. Sunday it sucked, and and um you know I went to the bar after the game and you know, had more than a few drinks and paid for it on Monday and all of that. But overall now, yeah, I mean, it's still kind of a bummer that I, you know, I thought I'd, the Cowboys would be playing this weekend, but um, I'm not, I'm not really that upset about it because I see that you know, the, the future is bright. I think about the fact that when Roma went down in August, um, nobody, myself included, admittedly puts us in this game anywhere near this game, anywhere near probably a division title. So um, I, I, I'm upset. I'm It's, it's unfortunate, but, um, uh, you know, overall, I, I, I can't uh, I can't fault the, the Cowboys. They came back from down 21-3, to three. Uh, you know, Green Bay and, and Aaron Rodgers, the play that he made 
Um, I don't know what they're calling it. I'm, I'm sure they're you know they're going to come up with some sort of name for that play. Uh, but I mean, just just an unbelievable play. And I mean, that's exactly the words that came out of my mouth when that ball was caught. And at first, it was like, "There's no way it's a catch. There's absolutely no way that's a catch." Uh, then you see the replay, and on the very first replay, it was just unbelievable, unbelievable. And 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 all credit to them. And and you know, they're they're a tremendous team. Dallas is a tremendous future. Uh, I can't be that bummed. We're gonna go to the phones right away, and I'm gonna kind of take calls. Uh, as quickly as we can when they come in uh, and, and kind of uh, get the get the pulse of the listener here. So uh, the 661 number, give us uh, where you are, who you are, where you're calling from tonight. Hey, what's going on, Big Jim? It's Kyle Nash, the student of the game, man. How you doing? Ah, welcome back, Kyle. How's it going, man? Don't going good. What can I say? This editing and listening to you things starting to become a habit. I dig it like a shovel. It's a shame the season's almost over. So all that really means actually probably is you're getting me, getting me calling in less because I ain't trying to be an expert on baseball or anything. But, hey, <laughs> what can I say, man? Yeah, man, it, it's, uh, you know, the season's winding up, and Dave and I kind of got to put our heads together to uh, figure out exactly how the Huddle Up show is going to morph as we go into the off season. But uh, we'll figure it out. We'll at least be on air. Uh, a couple so times Dave a month. Something and let Jim know what's going on. Well, yeah, that that sounds that sounds about <laughs> right. Uh, Kyle, what's on your mind, man? First of all, look, I have the unique opportunity. I'm glad to be the first caller on the show, and, and I'm going to be clear. There's going to be no hate spewing from me for the Cowboys on the whole, man. As you know, a 49er fan who had to come out of the dirty hot dog water served at the <laughs> stadiums. That's basically what my team amounts to right now. I mean, the best shot I have is Philip Rivers sounds like he's pissed off and threatening to go to San Fran, but I digress. You know, the punchline here is anybody who's hating on the Cowboys just didn't realize how a fantastic football game happened this past weekend, and they are the problem. It's that simple, okay? This is, I'm not a, I'm not a Cowboy guy by any stretch of the ma- imagination. This isn't meant to be a pro-Cowboy message. This was meant to be a pro-football message, okay? There's no pretty boys kicking officials and verbally accosting them like we saw in Houston, and uh, or excuse me, in the Texan and uh, Patriot game in Foxborough, okay? There was no... Uh, comeuppance of overrated quarterbacks like we saw happen to Seattle when they were in Atlanta the other day. Okay, this was fantastic football. This was not a mouthy tight end in uh, Travis Kelsey <laughs> trying to risk his own team and then complain about a call that may or may not have been spot on. The point is this. That was fantastic football. If it were a game in the regular season when I saw it at 28 apiece, I would prepare to be, for that game to be a draw because neither team really deserved to lose it. That all being said, man, y'all better learn Dak Prescott's middle name because it's going to be on a bus somewhere in Canton if they, this keeps up. I'm not going to give him a gold jacket already, but that was a beautiful performance in big spots and big stages, period. There's no middle way around it. The only person I could really hand any fault to would be Scott Linehan mm-hmm. for trying to think he could pull off substitutions against Aaron Rodgers. How much film did you watch on this guy? He is the only one who really, in my opinion, caused the Cowboys any problem. But it was immediately erased by the se- or in the second half, I should say, because Dak Prescott and company took the field and got the points back, and he started to actually blitz Rodgers, lo and behold. And as much as we want to talk about that great catch by Jared Cook where he bent his ankle in a way that a contortionist would cringe, <laughs> 
let me tell you, the best play of the game was Aaron Rodgers holding on to that damn ball after being hit from the blind side. Yeah, I know it was only a DB and not like, you know, uh, well, y'all don't have the Marcus anywhere anymore, but you right. know, somebody of that <laughs> size, you know, Sean Lee isn't in there blasting him. And, you know, let's be honest, the touchdown that Sean Lee did give up barely scraped in over his right arm. There's a little bit of a force of nature that helped the Packers, too. Not to say they didn't earn the win by any stretch. This was beautiful football, and the only people that might be to blame are the same people I've been critical of the cow, uh, of the Cowboys for some time with this O-line, and that's the coaching staff, period. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it here last week. I've said it uh, for weeks at Twitter, here, Facebook, all of it, that – um, if you know if the Cowboys play their game, that that I felt that they were going to be the better team, uh, and and it was not a slight on the Packers. It was just where I was at and what I was seeing from the Cowboys. And unfortunately, uh, you know, you see a situation where Dak Prescott was twenty four of thirty eight. That is thirty eight passes that he threw. There's also plays where he was sacked, where he was rushed, where he had to, uh, you know, be creative. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're talking to close to 45, 50 passes for a rookie quarterback in his first playoff game. Way too many mm-hmm. when you have Ezekiel Elliott averaging almost six yards a carry. Um, run the damn ball, keep Rodgers off the field. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't do that early. They dug themselves a an 18 point hole. Uh, they scored 18 points in the third quarter, or excuse me, in the fourth quarter. Uh, the problem was it was it was uh, you know too little, too late. Uh, one of the one of the big calls that uh, play calls that I think changed the game was the uh second and one where they decided to throw a screenplay that well a lot of people critical some people not a lot of people some people um and even my brother him and I were talking about at the bar on Sunday night is he goes you know a veteran quarterback would have seen uh the the defender about to jump that route and I said yes but a smart play caller wouldn't call that play with a rookie quarterback in his first playoff game. And, you know, that that's what it comes down to. Yes, would Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady have looked over and seen two defenders, ready, one ready to jump that route? Probably. Uh, will Dak Prescott be able to see that every single time that that screen pass is called from here on out? Absolutely. Um, but yeah. the problem is that play shouldn't have been called. Again, you have a, ru- a running back who, even when he is stopped – it's about two and a half or three yards and, and play calling was the problem down the stretch. Uh, and, and, and it was the problem, uh, unfortunately, at least for a while, uh, on Sunday. And that, that's what ended up hurting him in the, in the end. And again, not a slight of green Bay because green Bay did exactly what they had to do when they had the ball, you know, they, they scored, they, they did exactly what they had to do, but it, Dallas adjusted to it. And that's again, why I, I don't have this gloom and doom hanging over me. Uh, like I normally do. Dave, any thoughts here? I think everything that's been said is pretty spot on. I mean, uh, we we kind of both agreed on the fact uh, going into this game that we thought that Dallas was the better team, but uh, I, I didn't have faith in the in the uh, the quarterback situation and was proven wrong on that. Wait, you were um, you were what? I'm not saying. <laughs> <it again. laughs> Hey, when do the Dallas Cowboys play next? You can throw the Panthers at me all you want because it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was – I don't even remember what I was going to say because you had to open your mouth now, you <laughs> jackwad. <laughs> well, I, I heard you say that you were wrong, that, that Dak, Dak Prescott and, – and, and, and that's – to me, that, that was one of the, the biggest things is 
not only throughout the season, but, but this Sunday, um, a, a guy that everybody kept saying, and people were saying it on Sunday, and it was like, you have got to be kidding me. People were, when the Cowboys are down 21-3, you got to put in Romo. Why? Dak Prescott wasn't the problem. Dak Prescott was never the problem on Sunday. In fact, Dak Prescott stared into the mouth of hell and came out on the other side. And 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 in, I just sit here and I'm just – I had people all year, every week, every time Dak would, would exceed expectations, week in and week out, 4-1, and 5-1, and 6-1, and one. well, wait until next week, wait until next week. That you know, then you'll see you need Romo back, and 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 even still on Sunday again, it's like, come on, guys, uh, finally admit that 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 ship has sailed. I understand you you would love to see Witten and Romo win a Super Bowl together in Dallas. It's not happening. I would love to see it happen, but it's done. It's done. Witten coming back next year. He said he said on Sunday, thank God, um, you know, because I, I I would love to see that guy have one more chance. Uh, but but for Romo, I think it's done, and Dave, we'll t- we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, Prescott and and Rogers, obviously a tale of two quarterbacks. Well, you know, one being seasoned, a Super Bowl champion, an MVP, and, and you have one a rookie that is just starting his career. But you know, both of them were were huge when the when the brightest lights were on them. Absolutely. Hey, let me add in a couple things, too. If we're going to talk about how it wasn't Dak's fault, it's not Dak's fault. We're on third in, I forget the exact count, but it was third and long. A ball is, is thrown to Terrence, uh, Terrence Williams, hits him in the chest, and he doesn't make the play. And it's another rookie for the life of me. I don't remember his name, but wearing number 19. I'll go ahead and leave the uh, the unsportsmanlike conduct for, you know, being in the huddle and then leaving over here in a bubble. I won't get him on, on to him who, too hard about that. But if you don't know yet to grab the ball at its highest point in the NFL, guess what? You just cost the Cowboys another big third down conversion right. that you didn't get. Right. You know. Right. But hey, when you have the same third down conversion at six and eleven as Aaron Rodgers, you're doing something right, straight up. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing is is you know Terrence Williams started the year in that Giants game uh, by by having a, a bumbled play that that cost us big time. And, uh, you know, that play, obviously it didn't cost us the game, but it certainly didn't help. So uh, Ter- Terrence Williams has a firm spot on my shit list uh, going into next season, that is for sure. Uh, Kyle, any more thoughts from the weekend before we cut you loose here? Hey, like I said, man, the the key thing here is I know you're going to get some shots fired at you, and, and forget about the haters, man. I'm I, As a football fan, I am genuinely – excited to see Dak Prescott like you know and I made the jab about uh, uh greater longevity than Kaepernick uh when I as I left the show last week the reason why I'm this excited about Dak Prescott is he doesn't feel like a flash in the pan mm-hmm. like Kaepernick did even as he led my team to the Super Bowl so um I'm, I'm looking really forward hopefully I'm not wrong and guess what if he starts to suffer a uh, sophomore slump hopefully he'll have the wise the wisdom of a Tony Romo still on the bench there. I think that's the best move overall. Not that you need in my opinion, but you just got it. But, hey, thanks for having me on, Big Jim. Appreciate it. Um, But, yeah, until next time, guys, class dismissed. All right, Kyle, thanks again. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah, and let's talk about that right now, Dave. It's something that uh, obviously is is the topic of conversation, the discussion, um, you know, around, uh, you know, the the sports world is, is what exactly does happen. 
uh, to Tony Romo. And as, as Dana and I were were coming home from dinner last night, and uh, we were talking about uh, something. I was talking. Dan Patrick was talking about it, and my my qu- my question was kind of, or she said, well, "Where do you think Romo will be?" And I literally went team to team, trying to think of, of teams that it would even make sense. I only came up with about five, maybe six teams uh, that it would even make sense to. The, the the two that that make the most sense to me are Denver and Houston. The question is, can um, you know, can the Cowboy or, or can the Cowboys make a trade? with either Houston or Denver. Denver says they don't want to trade for him. Uh, I don't see Jerry Jones uh, trading within his own state. So the likelihood, and, and it was reported uh, earlier today, uh, or I guess late yesterday, that the Cowboys' uh, number one priority would be to trade Romo. Uh, it could be difficult for them to find compensation uh, to in return. Uh, the biggest thing, of course, because of his $24.7 million cap hit next year, uh, if they would designate him as a post-June 1st cut, uh, they could spread the cap hit over two years, clear $14 million in in 2017, uh, which would absolutely allow them the opportunity to uh, solidify and, and shore up that defense, uh, which would, I would think, put them in, in – a uh, a pretty high contender spot going into next year. Um, I, I think I honestly do think whether the Cowboys cut him or trade him, I think he ends up in Denver or Houston. That those two just make the most sense. They are teams that are very good that could win now if they have a competent quarterback. Um, obviously Paxton Lynch or Simeon in Denver, they're not ready yet. And Houston, I mean Brock Osweiler would you know we'll talk about in a minute. Just a complete, complete dump uh, in that uh, in that game against New England. So I think those are the two most obvious places for Romo. Yeah, another team uh, that definitely has potential um, is the Chicago Bears. Um, I I think that this team is a lot closer to being competitive than anyone else gives them credit for. Um, I think they have a really solid defense, and I think they have some weapons on uh, the offensive side of the ball. But they're not—they're uh, not super far away. And um, given a veteran leadership like Romo, granted it'll be for five or six games, but um, giving giving that leadership in there as well is going to help bolster this team. So I—I I think Chicago is a definite possibility as well. Um, but there's always some team that comes out of nowhere. Um, that you're like, wow, they're even interested. I mean, what if he ends up in Buffalo? What if he ends up in Miami? Um, teams that are close uh, don't really have a proven quarterback. Wouldn't it be interesting if he takes Tannehill's position down in uh, Miami? Ah, that would be certainly interesting. And and uh, I'd love to, even if it's uh, just a Twitter discussion, would love to hear Anthony's thoughts uh, on that. Being the being the Dolphins fan, uh, I mean, it's certainly possible. I know another team that. Uh, the, the, the status of Carson Palmer, will he be back next year? Uh, could Romo go to, could go to Arizona? Um, you know, there, there's, there, like I said, there's a handful of teams, uh, that I think could use a guy like Romo, but, but the, 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 the list isn't that long. There's a lot of teams that, that kind of have their quarterback situation locked up. Uh, one that would be really interesting would be, uh, if Kirk Cousins does not end up back with the with the Redskins because that team at, at times looked pretty damn good this year 
Uh, you have some decent receivers. You have a great young running back. You have a great tight end. Um, you know, the, the defense at times looked pretty good. The, the, the crazy thing to think is could Tony Romo uh, end up in the NFC East in Washington next year if Kirk Cousins decides to, uh, you know, test the free agent pool? It'd be very interesting. Uh, another one would be, and I, I don't think it's very likely, but uh, I've heard rumors swirling that Andy Dalton's not too happy in Cincinnati. Can you imagine him in Cincinnati with A.J. Green to throw the ball to? For the first time in his uh, pro career, he actually had a top caliber wide receiver. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch! Uh, I mean, it, it's it's certainly a place. Uh, you know, it, I mean, you have a great tight end there as well. So uh, there's definitely there's definitely some there's going to be a lot of fun watching where he ends up. Uh, I know I've joked with a guy I work with that is a is a huge Broncos fan because he's all every time Romo would get hurt, he'd kind of like joke about it. And uh, I, I said, you know, he's coming to Denver, right? But then my fear is, what if he goes to Denver and uh, they end up winning the Super Bowl? And then it would just be a double, a double shit sandwich that I'd have to deal with if uh, if if Romo goes there, doesn't get hurt, and uh, wins a Super Bowl uh, before the Cowboys do. But uh, yeah, well, he's I mean, going to beat the Cowboys in the Super Bowl next year in Denver. What's that? He'll beat the Cowboys in the Super Bowl next year with Denver. Oh, the, the, oh, that would just that would be horrible. That would be like sports Armageddon for me. It would just it would be I I don't I don't know how I'd be able to handle that because you know you've already told me how much it sucks uh, to have your team lose in the Super Bowl. So to have to go through that and then see Romo uh, with the trophy would just be uh, would be unreal. But it's going to be something that that we're def- that I'm definitely going to keep uh, keep an eye on as the the off season plays out because um, I, I do not think he's back in in Dallas and I think that's the right choice and I know Kyle said that that if if you know for for Dak to have a guy like Romo or to have Romo on the sideline for as a leader but I just think that. We never saw Prescott have a terrible game this year and really have terrible moments. So if you finally get that next year, you kind of go through the sophomore slump, you're going to get the people going, when's Romo coming in? When's Romo coming in? And that's not good for anybody. So I think the best choice for Dallas is just to move on from Tony Romo. I don't think – I mean, everything played out fairly well this year, and I don't know that it could play out – that well a second year especially with the tony romo healthy or healthy tony romo sitting there so um jim let's let's get off this uh cowboys train here um but i have one thing i have to tell you stat wise prior to getting off this uh so who, who did you pick to win the uh the afc north again the afc north or the AFC South, sorry, directionally challenged at this hour. That that would be the the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I got to bring this up. I saw it on Facebook today. A couple of my buddies posted it. And if you saw it, I don't care. I'm still saying it. But um, since 1996, your Cowboys have three playoff wins and the Jaguars have five. I have seen that. I have seen that. I, I saw – I had a couple people, uh, friendly people um, – Tag me well, in you. in those. Big, I, I can't remember if you were one of them. Uh, you may have been. 
Uh, I have a lot of great friends who who thought I needed to see that stat. Um, I, I don't think I've tagged you in anything Cowboys related except for giving everyone the the warning that the season uh, ending episode was happening on Sunday, <laughs> which uh, which which definitely got a lot of uh, got a lot of page clicks. So well done there. Again, you can call in the show. You can rip me apart about the Cowboys. Uh, the number is eight six six three nine eight zero three eight three. Again, eight six six three nine eight zero three eight three. So yeah, Dave, let's let's move on. I think uh, I think well, we uh, since we're moving on from tormenting the heck out of you, I got to torment the heck out of Andy Reid for a quick second. Absolutely. Um, I mean, similar looks and everything. Walrus and Walrus Junior talking about here. So um, Jim, that's Jim and Andy Reid for those listening in, but. Um, I, I just have to say, um, my, my only one of my only comments on the Kansas City Pittsburgh game is only Andy Reid could lose a home playoff game without allowing a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, his and his uh, his clock management was impeccable as always. Uh, he, you know, he proved himself once again to uh, be a buffoon on that on that that part of the. Uh, the equation, um, man, what a dumpy game, to, you know, to go from the, the, the game we had in the afternoon to this, uh, on Sunday was just, was just awful. I mean, how, how, how it was, man, it just sucked. And the, the Steelers, win I mean, eight. The, the, the thing that really irritated me and it's irritating me all year with the NFL. And I'll, I'll admit I didn't see a ton of football this weekend. We were redoing our bathroom in preparation for, for the baby coming along. Um, but with, with that being said, I caught the second half of the Steelers game um, at the bar, of course, uh, celebrating getting the bathroom done for no other good reason. But what really bugged me in the second half of that game is there were a couple, I don't want to call them blatant, but uh, absolutely clear pass interferences. Um, I think there was two against the uh, the Steelers that should have been called and one against the Chiefs that should have been called. And then they weren't called. Uh, the one was with Kelsey going down the middle and the defender ran right into him, not turned around for the ball or anything. And a clear pass interference uh, by the rule. But then we call some winky-dink hand, hand checking that goes on down the sideline. So, again, it, it's one of these – all we want is consistency right. as a fan of the NFL. Like, I don't care if you call every time the D-back touches the damn receiver. Just keep it consistent. Um, it shouldn't – I mean, it varies crew, not, not even crew to crew, which we know it does, but it varies within the same darn crew. Um, the, the hold at the end of the game, um, yes, it's a hold, but there's a hold at – there's a holding on every play that's ran. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw it on uh, Twitter, so it has to be true. But <laughs> uh, someone said that that was the first offensive holding that was called the entire game, which that's a uh, that's a very peculiar spot to throw the first flag for off- offensive holding. If you've left to go all game, and now the really the time to throw it, all being that if they don't hold there, they definitely blow up Alex Smith. So take that into consideration. But I, again. You can't tell me that holding didn't happen at all throughout the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, holding's one of those ones, and and I know it was. I mean, officiating has been awful throughout the season, the playoffs, which are theoretically supposed to be the super crews. But part of the problem is 
you're you're putting a group of guys who don't work together normally together. And then that that's a problem because there's a rhythm, there's a understanding, there's a feel between officials. So putting putting an all-star team of officials together is probably more detrimental to the cause than if you just had the best crews together uh, as, as like voted on and reviewed by, because I, I believe the NFL does it like college and, and high school and all of that, where, uh, you know, the, the, the teams and coaches and all of that review the officials after the game. So why don't just have the best crews? But anyway, yeah, the, the, it's the inconsistency that, that, that drives me freaking nuts. That drives all of us freaking nuts. Um, was that a holding on Kelsey? Absolutely. I think it was absolutely. But like you said, it's the way that the game is called up until that point. If you're not calling anything, then why do you call it then? And I get it. Alex Smith was going to get blown up. So maybe that's a part of it. Maybe they're only calling it when, you know, it's an absolute lifesaver by an offensive lineman. I don't know. But to only call it then at certain spots or to not call it at certain spots. Like some people will say, well, at that point of the game, you, you got to keep the whistle away. It's not about the officiating. But if it's egregious enough, I think you have to call it. It's just such a fine line, but the inconsistency is absolutely maddening. It's crazy. And, and the league has to has to do something. They won't. It's Roger Ball. It, it, it's the way it is. But... You know, as a fan sitting there, I'm just going, man, something has to be done about this. Something needs to change. Something has to give. And I I don't know. I don't know if it will. If it's not, if this year isn't the catalyst for change, I don't know what will be. Uh, Because it it seems to be getting bigger and bigger um, and and, and coming at worse and worse times. Uh, And, and, you know, in terms of this game, I mean, it's just ugly. You you have a team going to a conference championship game that couldn't score a touchdown in, 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 in a playoff game. Like I just, man, like I, I don't, I don't even, that, 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 that just kind of drives me nuts. It drives me nuts, man. Like I, it's just, I, and, and I know it's, you know, people might label it as just steal or hate or whatever, but that's not what it is. I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how Kansas City came out the the way they did and, and, and they, they, they never, they kind of just never got up off the mat. They kept kind of screwing themselves over. Um, but, uh, but you know, the Steelers did what they have to do. Uh, Travis Kelsey in the uh, in the postgame uh, voiced his displeasure um, for the officiating. And uh, particularly, Carl Cheffers, the head referee, um, he, uh, he said, that was horseshit, flat out. Uh, he shouldn't be able to wear a zebra jersey ever again. He shouldn't even be able to work at fucking Foot Locker. Um, well, he's not going to be working at Foot Locker, Travis, because uh, Cheffers will be uh, refereeing the Super Bowl in in a couple of weeks. So um, maybe my advice to Travis Kelsey is maybe you just don't want to watch that one. I don't know how much guys, once they're eliminated, do watch. I, I don't know. Some probably do, some probably don't. But if I were Travis Kelsey, I'd probably steer away from Super Bowl. 51. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Kelsey was uh, interesting to say the least, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't really have much more on the Pittsburgh, Kansas city game. Uh, and I didn't see any of the games on Saturday, but uh, 
happy that the uh, that Matt Ryan finally got the chance. Uh, huge Matt Ryan fan, huge Julio Jones fan. So uh, excited to see what they do against Green Bay this weekend. But, yeah, uh, I didn't see much of the game, uh, much of either game on Saturday, but uh, they were kind of uh, kind of competitive as we both thought. So um, I don't have anything on those two. If you want to say anything about it, go for it. If not. Uh, I mean, this, this is this is what I'll say about the 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 Texans and the Patriots. Uh, you know, the Patriots made a lot of mistakes uh, that at one point and were up only fourteen to thirteen early in the second quarter. And I, I'm I'm watching the game, kind of going. There's no way that this continues, and I'm watching Twitter just reacting, going, "Patriots are going to lose. Patriots are going to lose." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> And and I put out there, the Patriots will at that point. Patriots are still going to win by fourteen plus. It was thirty four to sixteen, uh, the final. Um, Brock Osweiler, awful twenty three of forty, one ninety eight, one touchdown, three picks. Uh, Tom Brady had two interceptions, and and I mean. Uh, I don't want to just sound like I'm not giving Pittsburgh a chance. We'll, we'll make our picks later. Um, usually when Tom Brady and the Patriots offense have, have that ugly of a performance, uh, the next time out is usually a lot better. So Pittsburgh, you may have had your fun for the year, and it may be coming to an end. That, that, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, going to Seattle. And uh, and Atlanta, Atlanta just kind of kind of rolled them. It was it was uh, you know it, it really was the the Matt Ryan show. They went thirty six to twenty in a game that I don't think was that close. Uh, Atlanta really really showing people that uh, that they came to play. Uh, people like me. I mean, I, I've said for a while that Atlanta usually finds ways to lose. Um, they didn't do that this week. The the Legion of Whom. Uh, reared their head again, and, and Seattle just kind of looked uh, embarrassed and confused for a good portion of that game. And, and, and you know, I, I, I this is what I'll say about the Seattle game: is for years I've been very critical about the attitude of the Seahawks. And while they were winning and, and having fun, and people were getting caught up in this twelfth man and and all of that, um, people said I was just being a hater. I was just uh, bitter or what have you. I said no. I'll well, give. You were. Well, I was, but I would give Seattle credit. You know, it, it it takes something special to win a Super Bowl. It takes something special to be a winning team. But the the attitude with them is arrogant, is cocky. They're pricks. They're terrible losers. When they do lose, they they can't handle it. People are finally coming around on that, and uh, you know, you, we, there was some ugliness at the end of this one, and you know, in the. Days that followed, Earl Thomas uh, hops on Twitter and uh, and posted, Tom Brady has the easiest route. Put his ass in our division and see what he does. Uh, he put hashtag salty, kind of admitting that he's just being uh, being a little bit angry. Uh, well, the AFC East, I think, is better than the NFC West. Uh, if you go by, by schedule, strength of schedule, uh, yes. New England uh, had the easiest schedule this year, you know, based on wins, losses, and all of that. Uh, the second easiest schedule was Seattle. So, Earl Thomas uh, 
shut up. Seattle, shut up. You're done. It's over. Move on. Uh, and at that, Dave, we're going to take the break now, uh, and then we're going to come one more, back. One more real thick, quick okay. thing here, Jim, just to uh, throw one more thing out here, uh, kind of setting the stage for after the break. But uh, did, did you ever think you'd see the see a time when Brady and Ben were playing for the AFC Championship and they are clearly the third and fourth best quarterbacks playing this weekend? Mm, very intriguing. No, that's a, that's a pretty interesting thought. We'll talk about that and more uh, on the other half of the uh, on the other side of this break here. So we'll be right back with more Huddle Up Podcast and GSCSports.com. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Back in the Huddle Up Podcast, NGSCSports.com. Visit the homepage for all the shows, all the content there, bonus coverage as well. Also visit our sponsor, uh, I'm Next, USA.com. Uh, each and every week here, Huddle Up Podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes or Android, or make sure you go to Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast for all of the uh, all of the news we put up there. We have some discussion, we try and make it fun. Make sure you, uh, you you share the page as well when you like the page and uh, be involved in all the stuff we do uh, over there on Facebook. So, Dave, it is conference championship weekend, but uh, but let's just kind of recap. Last week, you went 3-1, and one, I went 2-2, two and two. so you gained one. Obviously, you're not going to catch up with me on the regular or on the overall for the season, but you are one ahead in the playoffs. So uh from the, on the playoffs I am 4 and 4, you are 5 and 3. So going into this weekend we you have a chance to actually win a little bit of something uh on the NFL side. I'm 160 and 104 overall for the entire year in the NFL. You are 149 and 115 uh overall in the NFL. So any any kind of thoughts? I know you gave a little tease there as we went to uh, as we went to break. Any any thoughts here before we actually make our predictions and look at these games? So I just find it interesting that you've moved from gloating on the Cowboys to gloating on your NFL record against me. So whatever I can do to make you happy, Big Jim. <laughs> I have to do something this week, Dave. 
you're, you're running out of options. I mean, college football went so well. I have to get college football in there once. I mean, uh, Notre Dame was a prime candidate for the bowl playoff. Um, you got waxed in the in the college football pick'em. You got waxed in the bowl pick'em. Uh, so I guess you got the NFL to gloat about. So I guess I have to put up with it for another three games. But um, yeah. So um, I, I think the, the the most intriguing thing to me this weekend is how is Matt Ryan going to perform? This is his first real test um, in a huge playoff game. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how he comes out. Um, definitely have the more talented team. Uh, you, you cannot argue that at all um, with all the injuries that Green Bay has. But the thing that's going to be um, extremely interesting, and I guess I'm kind of going into a Green Bay Atlanta breakdown here a little bit, so uh, we're moving in that direction, Jimmy. Absolutely, um, go ahead. most interesting – I think it's going to be most interesting with this game is Atlanta as a defense, their weakness is their defensive backs. And what is Aaron Rodgers going to be able to do to those defensive backs? But at the same time, there is so much talent on that offensive side of the ball for Atlanta. Does Green Bay have an answer, and are they able to put up that enough points to hang with Atlanta? I mean, it, it was one thing giving up 30-something to Dallas last week for Green Bay. But, and you can argue this with me all you want, Big Jim, on the offensive side of the ball, Atlanta is more talented than Dallas. There's more playmakers at wide receiver. There's more playmakers at running back overall as a core. And the quarterback is probably better. But it, it, it'll just be one of those, it is going to be interesting to see how this Atlanta team handles this. I mean, this is the first time they're home in a conference championship game under Matt Ryan that they're expected to win. I mean, it's one thing to be in a playoff game, but it's another thing to be in a playoff game and expecting to win. And looking at you is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks that we have in the game recently on the other side of the ball who has absolutely no expectations. If, if Green Bay comes in and they get beat by 21, everyone's going to say, well, Rodgers was good. He just had no talent and his luck ran out. But at least you beat the Cowboys. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that yeah, there's a lot of questions, and and I, I think you and I joked uh, on Twitter that is this what is going to be the first to fifty? Uh, maybe we can do first to a hundred because I think we we could really get there uh, and make it fun. Um, no, I'll give you that. Matt Ryan is is the better quarterback right now. Uh, I, I would tend to argue with the running back core, even, even with Atlanta's kind of two headed monster. I, I think I would still take, uh, Elliot over the two headed monster. Uh, definitely. Yeah. The edge without a doubt overall with the receivers goes to Atlanta o over Dallas. So, it, you know, and, and obviously a huge advantage that, that kind of gets lost in, in, in this with a lot of people is that it's in Atlanta. And it's not in Green Bay. I don't know what the weather is supposed to be like in Green Bay this weekend, but I imagine it's not going to be hot. Um, you know, it's 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 the late January. I, I imagine there's going to be a chill in the air. Pull, uh, it's supposed to be 43 as a high on Sunday. So it wouldn't be terrible, but um, it's definitely going to play to Atlanta's advantage to have this game, you know, in the confines of their – uh, soon to be extinct Georgia Dome. The yeah, the, the, I think the key definitely is 
what what Matt Ryan will we get? Because we've seen versions of Matt Ryan in the playoffs that have been not good. Uh, there, there's there's no denying that. We've also seen versions of Aaron Rodgers this season that have not been very good. Both of these guys are playing unbelievably right now. Um, Rodgers threw an inter- one interception uh, on Sunday. In the last five games, uh, Matt Ryan has thrown zero. 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions over five games. I know this was Rodgers' first pick since like the middle of November. So the, these two quarterbacks are playing unbelievably right now. Um, you know, can the Atlanta pass rush, which is a lot better than Dallas's basically non-existent pass rush, unless you're blitzing corners, <laughs> um, you know, the, that that's going to be a big factor in this one as well, because I think Dallas in the second half kind of gave a little bit of a blueprint on at least frustrating Aaron Rodgers, you know, making him less than perfect. Uh, so yeah, can, can, can he, can Rogers get the ball into that secondary that, that isn't as good? Um, you know, what, what will Jordy Nelson, uh, I know he was limited in practice today, uh, 10 days after breaking multiple ribs. So will he be able to play on Sunday? I don't know. Obviously if he comes back, you know, this is, this is uh Wednesday night at ten nineteen Eastern. Uh, a lot can change between now and Sunday at uh, at three oh five Eastern. You know, there's there's a lot of hours between now and the game. Uh, if I had to, if I had to put money on it, I'd probably say Jordy Nelson plays in this game because you don't get you don't get these chances every year. Um, so yeah, you you gotta you know sometimes you just have to to toughen up and you know maybe he puts a flak jacket on you know reduces mobility a little, but. Uh, would probably be the smart play there. It, it it's it's it's. I think if any game is going to best the Cowboys and the Packers in this playoff, it could be this one. At least for excitement, enjoyability as as just a football fan, this one I think would be the one that be. I don't. I the Super Bowl a lot of time doesn't live up to the hype of the Super Bowl. You know, it, it just it, it just doesn't. I, for whatever reason, maybe it's the week off between the two. I don't know. Um. But Dave, four and a half point favorite for the Falcons at home, three oh five PM. This one is on Fox. Uh I'm going to go with the home team. Uh I I I I think that it is going to kind of be similar to Dallas and Green Bay of who has the ball last. Um but but for me, I I think the the pass rush of Atlanta will be enough to disrupt the Packers' offense. Um, even with Jordy Nelson, as I'm saying, he, you know, my my the betting side of me says he plays. Uh, he's not going to be 100%. This Packers team's a little dinged up. Uh, so I, you know, I, I just think Atlanta with home field is going to do it, and they advance to the Super Bowl. But Jim, uh, since you picked Atlanta, I'm definitely going with Green Bay because i got to make up some ground on me all year. But uh, I, I think Green Bay wins this based on uh, solely on the fact that uh, 
Atlanta's D-backs are so weak. Um, I, I think that this is going to be one of those games that Rodgers throws for 400-plus yards. Uh, Matt Ryan might not be far behind. Hell, you might see both of them over 500 yards. Um, but I think this is a, I think this is uh, going to be a uh, just let them out and uh, throw the ball. And I, I don't know that I can uh, go against Aaron Rodgers in such a situation like that. So uh, I, I'm going to take the pack uh, like a, a score of uh, 48 to 45. Oh yeah, it's definitely definitely going to be high scoring. I think in my in the 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 pick 'em pool uh, at, at my work, I think I put the tiebreaker score for this one uh, seventy one. I think I put down just because I mean it 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 definitely has the potential to be a uh, a ridiculous point number. I'm just throwing it out there when it seems so obvious that it's going to be a high score. We'll be talking next week about how this was 17-14. Right, or less, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you truly never know in uh, in this NFL. So, Sunday, 6.40 p.m., CBS, the number three seed Pittsburgh Steelers roll into Foxborough to take the number one seed in the entire NFL, New England Patriots. Uh, I think I saw what is this the the fourteenth out of the last sixteen AFC championships that has featured Brady, uh, Roethlisberger, or Peyton Manning. Uh, obviously, Peyton Manning retired, but it's uh, that that's just absurd um, to to think that that you know these teams are just always there, always in the conversation. Uh, makes me sick a little bit. <laughs> Uh, let's just put the, uh, I'm going to give the call number one more time. Last call for that, um, to, to get a call in tonight, 866-398-0383. Again, 866-398-0383. So Dave, um, you know, my, my kind of looking at this one and, and you can interrupt me, you can stop me, you can tell me I'm biased, whatever. Um, I, I don't see how Pittsburgh stands a whole lot of a chance in this game. Um, and it's not, it's not a disrespect to to Pittsburgh. I just think new England's that much better than they are. And they're, they're coming off a game where they're going to be frustrated. They're going to be angry. We, we've seen what it looks like when this team gets frustrated and angry at themselves. Um, Pittsburgh defense, although at times has shown flashes of brilliance, is not anywhere close to what they used to be. Uh, outside of Antonio Brown, uh, I don't think their receiving core is, is that much to to write home about. Uh, ben is banged up. I, obviously, the, the 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 key thing for Pittsburgh is Le'Veon Bell, and 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 will they be able to run the ball enough to control the clock and and, and keep the game close? Possibly, but I just I, I I think New England is just too good for Pittsburgh. I really do, and and it's it's there's there's not a lot of X's and O's here. I I just think that that team is so much more focused. I mean, I know you caught up in the excitement Pittsburgh on on Sunday. Uh, you have the little controversy with the Antonio Brown filming and posting the the video of their locker room and kind of creates bulletin board material and it's just it's immature and it's stupidity you don't see that coming from new england they're just you know you can call them assholes you can call them pricks you can call, whatever you want to call them um probably half of them at least are probably accurate 
But this team is focused. This team doesn't do gimmicks. It doesn't do, you know, happy fun time. This game, this team does football. And and I just see them being more focused and more ready and, and all of that. Uh, Dave, any thoughts on the game before we actually make the pick, even though you can probably guess what mine is? Um, this is, I say this a lot about games, but this is a very intriguing game to me. Um, probably gonna be a little long-winded here, so bear with me, Jim. But you're gonna have to listen to it. Um, first off, and, and this is more New England-based, but first off, um, this New England team the past couple of weeks has went into a very vanilla mode, for lack of better terms. Um, we're gonna do nothing special. We're gonna not uh, give any teams any uh, any new looks. We're gonna sit there and go straight up, straight down, and whatever happens, happens. I mean, uh, they were very, very vanilla against Houston from everything I have seen. Um, Does this play into something this week? Uh, Potentially. I don't know the answer to that, but it's another item to consider. Um, One thing that you brought up earlier that I think is very, very pertinent into this game. Um, New England had a weak strength of schedule. Um, At one point late in the season, and I don't know where they rank currently, but at one point late in the season, New England had the number one defense in football. Um, you put this up and it's like, wow, their defense is good. But then you realize they get six games against the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins, none of which have any offensive minds at all. So, I mean, you, you consider all of this. And, I mean, the, the signs are so obvious that they point to Pittsburgh um, for based on these. But then I look at Pittsburgh and I say, okay, the, the, the defense is extremely young, but they have been playing well. So does this mean Pittsburgh's got a chance and they're peaking at the right time, or does this mean the exact opposite that they're so inexperienced that they're not uh, they're not going to get there? I don't know the answer to that, but uh, the the other thing that's interesting is would you pick uh, would you pick uh, Big Ben, Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, or would you pick Brady, Edelman, and uh, Legarrette Blunt? Um, to me, that you, you probably take uh, you probably take Pittsburgh there as the the uh, the top three, and you know that they're going to feed Bell, and I'm not convinced that uh, Pittsburgh is going to be able to run the ball, but I'm less convinced that New England's going to have enough success stopping the ball. They have not faced someone um, of this nature healthy and energized uh, all year. Uh, so it, it's going to be a really good game, I think, in my eyes. I think uh, – it's going to be a, I don't want to say an old school game, because you definitely got that with Pittsburgh last year. Um, but it, it definitely has potential to be a very, uh, very quality football game. So, uh, wait, any any thoughts on any of that, Jimmy? Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, you have a guy who, you know, as you brought up, you know, who, who would you take out of the, you know, if you put the, uh, you know, the, 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 quarterback running back receiver combo who who would you who would you pick and and considering you have one of the top I'd say three running backs you can make a case for Le'Veon Bell to be the best back in the NFL right now you have the guy that I have admitted here and on Twitter is the is the best wide receiver in football for for Pittsburgh and I mean Roethlisberger for as much as um you know he he is what he is but he's he's one of the he he is a clutch quarterback he is a he is a 
good to great quarterback. Um, you know, and on the other side, I mean, Blunt is 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 good. Edelman is good. Tom Brady is arguably the best. At least he's, I think, the best in the AFC. So, you know, if I had to pick the 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 the, the trio combo, I would I would take Pittsburgh's. Um, but th- there's obviously a lot more, uh, you know, to a game than that. Uh, looking at the the weather in uh, in New England Sunday night. Uh, well, the day, the day is mostly cloudy, high of 41, a chance of rain before midnight, uh, low around 33. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be cool, but not, uh, unbearable that you could get at this time of year. So I don't know how much weather really plays a factor. Um, the, the, the Patriots are six point favorites. Um, I, I think. I think they're going to beat that. I really do. I, I mean, I think the Steelers will be able to keep it close for a while. But, I, Dave, I, I just really do. I just think New England is is honestly that much better. I, I really do. Uh, and and I, I think they win this game. I think by the time the score comes out at the end, the score is going to make it look easier than it is. But I, I think it's going to be – a big enough margin that uh, that we're talking about a it's not gonna, not going to be a nail biter for New England. I'll say that. I'm going the opposite way, just from what I mentioned. I think there's more talent on the uh, Steelers team, and I think this defense is peaking at the exact right time. Um, I think I also think the Steelers team is going to be sick and tired of hearing, "Well, New England's handled us." I don't know what the number is, eight out of the last ten, or something along those lines. So I think this this Steelers team rises up this week. I think I and, think you're uh, just kissing Mitch's I, ass, even though he didn't call in this week. <laughs> I mean, this is a this is a very clear logic that you're you're you clearly were convinced that Dallas was winning the Super Bowl, so you don't know football. and I'm going against you. Oh, the tides have to turn. <laughs> um, that is certainly possible. Uh, we we can't deny that. Uh, I, I think uh, I think our buddy, uh, I think that's Tommy checking in with us on uh, on Twitter. He he does bring up the that the Jags have more playoff wins uh, than the Cowboys in the last twenty five years. So again, I, the, people keep liking to remind me of that stat um, this uh, this week. So uh, thank you for that, Tommy. We appreciate it. Um, finally, Dave, the the an announcement from this afternoon or this evening, the uh, the made the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, has announced their their class for this year. Three names: Jeff Bagwell, uh, Ivan Rodriguez, and Tim Raines will be uh, the newest inductees into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, the uh, you know looking at the you know they all received the seventy five percent or better. Bagwell received eighty eighty six point two percentage votes. He had three hundred eighty one votes. Tim Raines with 86%. He had 380 votes. Um, the uh, Ivan Rodriguez, 76%. He had 336 votes. Just missing out, Dave. This one crazy. And I think, uh, as you and I were talking before the show, I think it was a, a he missed it by four, four votes, four or five votes, something. I mean, it was just, just missed. Was Trevor Hoffman, 74%. He had 327 votes. 
uh, rounding out the the top the top. Uh, let's let's go down a couple more here. Vladimir Guerrero had seventy one point seven, then a pretty big drop off to Edgar Martinez, fifty eight point six, and then obviously ones that are that are really looked at and really discussed and and, and scrutinized. And maybe this is a question um, that that we can discuss just a minute here. Is the uh, the kind of the the the, the PED crew? Uh, Clemens receiving 54.1%, Barry Bonds 53.8%, um, and then you have Mike Messina, uh, obviously not in that PED discussion, 518 Kurt Schilling at 45 So it starts to drop off uh, pretty handedly there. Um, should be noted that uh, as uh, I kind of lost the uh, – uh, here we go. Sammy Sosa way down at 8.6%, and uh, I don't even see Mark McGuire on that list. So – uh, obviously you can see where, where people are, um, are at with some of that. Dave thoughts on the three inductees, Bagwell, yeah. Reigns, and Rodriguez. I think, uh, I think you have nothing wrong with those. Uh, I feel for, uh, Hoffman missing by four votes, uh, definitely Hall of Fame worthy in my eyes. Uh, but I, I think the thing we said before the, the show is I, I, I hope my uh, one of my my, big, my good uh, childhood memory guys, uh, Edgar Martinez, gets in the hall. Um, very, very well-deserving, and the knock on him is going to be, well, he was a DH. Well, uh, ho-hum. Uh, this is a guy that I don't want to say changed, but definitely revolutionized the DH position and uh, was darn good at it and had uh, some really, really good career numbers being a DH. I mean, you have someone like him, uh, pave the way for guys like David Ortiz and crew. So um, I, I think you have to give him a look at some point. Um, but whether it's in the near future or not, I don't know. But uh, just my two cents on that. So what, what are your thoughts, Jim? Uh, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with those guys. You really can't. Um, you know, three guys that uh, were, were spectacular at their positions – uh, we're always, uh, you know, always talked about with, with some of the best, uh, you know, in the game uh, through their time. So congratulations to those guys. You know, obviously the, the, the big thing that's always discussed, Dave, and I don't know that we've ever talked about it, uh, obviously never on here, but I don't think we've ever talked about it, period, is when you, when you talk about the, you know, everybody says, do you put a PED wing or do you, do you induct the, the, steroid era players and obviously Clemens and Bonds um you know are are the the highest names on that list right now um and and my take has always been this it, it, the, the Hall of Fame is you know a, a a screenshot of eras the Hall of Fame you 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 put guys in uh that that were the best when they played the game when these guys played, there you know it was not uh, the, the cleanest of games. You can't deny it. Anybody that's a baseball fan, anybody who is in tuned enough with baseball to be interested in the Hall of Fame knows this. So whether you put an asterisk by their name, whether you actually literally make a steroid wing, um, in the Hall of Fame, I, I I think these guys, at some point and at some point soon, uh, need to start going in. Because 
whether it was whether it's quote fair or not it happened and it was you know for for a lot of it it was at a time when these things were not illegal in baseball so why why are you going to punish them punish them just to try and make your you know your hall of fame look cleaner we're all aware that it happened. Anybody that's that in tune with the game is aware that it happened. So these guys should be in the Hall of Fame. And, and and it may be an unpopular opinion, but these guys should be. Because for better or worse, you know, they were they were the best. I mean, yes, did they have a little bit of uh chemical advantage? Sure. But and I and I joke. But I, I've taken a steroid nose nose spray for four years. I still can't hit a baseball. <laughs> um, and yes, I get you can't it. Can't hit a golf ball either. Well, that's true. That's true. I can't do that. Um, I can hit. I can hit the ground, but I can't hit the ball. Um, you still have to have talent there. And in an era where there was plenty of guys doing what these guys were doing, these guys still did it better. So they deserve their spot. How you choose to do it, that's up to the Hall of Fame. But they should be in, in my opinion. They should be in. Hey, Jim, this is one. Um, I, I honestly, um, you know, I'm a huge baseball guy, um, and I really don't have an opinion on this. Um, I can sit here and I can argue either way um, for hours upon hours and walk away from it and really not care. Um, I, I think it comes down to the individual. Um, as dumb as that sounds, I think you have to look at their stats, but I also think you have to factor in their character on a lot of this stuff too. Um, for example, if you're on the borderline on a guy like Travis Kelsey, I know I'm making, mixing sports right now, but his character and what he's shown in the media the past couple of days, you really want him in the Hall of Fame if he's a borderline and he's associated with PEDs. But if you get someone, uh, I can't think of anyone offhand, uh, but giving a lot back to the community and all that, um, and they're on the borderline, well, that's enough to push them over, you know, to some extent in my eyes. Um, but as far as, as, as straight PEDs and all this stuff, I mean, I, I look at Kurt Schilling. I think the man was, I think he was, uh, I think he was 13-2 and two career in the postseason, 11-2, and two, something along those lines. Um, that's pretty damn impressive, regardless of if he was on steroids or not. Um, that record is, it, it speaks volumes, but at the same time, if he had, and I'm I'm using air quotes while saying this, if he had an unfair advantage, should those stats count? Um, I could argue that all day, one way or the other. Uh, I, again, don't really have a strong opinion. I have a way stronger opinion, and uh, we're not going down the rabbit hole. This could be something we discuss uh, when we're filling time over the uh, next couple of months. Uh, but Pete Rose going into the Hall of Fame is another one that we can discuss uh, massive amounts of time on. Um, but with that being said, um, as far as the guys going in, uh, definitely, definitely deserving. Um, but the, the, the one thing that you need to keep in mind, Jim, is you now have an idol look up to because there's a guy going into the hall of fame with the nickname of Pudge. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's perfect. You know, you, you brought up about kind of off, off the, you know, off the field, character issues, things like that. Um, but isn't the Hall of Fame about play on the field? 
I mean, and 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 I'm happy to see again. I'm we're kind of mixing sports here. Uh, I'm happy to see that Tara Owens is a finalist on, on you know I don't know if it's his first or second. I think it's his second opportunity to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he should have been in the first year. Let's, I'm I'm going to be 100 percent honest about that because th- there's he's one of the absolute best to ever play that position in the NFL. But he, he, the Hall of Fame is about the, the play on the field. Um, to me, it's I, you know I don't whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I, I quite quite frankly don't really care um, in terms of a Hall of Fame what these guys do off the field. I mean, I mean, obviously that there's limits to that, but I, there, there's, there's nothing egregious to me with, with these guys. I mean, obviously the, the, the steroid thing, but again, it, that was part of the game. Uh, that's yeah, something I, I get where you're coming from on that. And I'm, I'm more so saying that as if it's a, uh, I don't know that all the steroid guys need to be in personally, but if, if it's a, um, deciding factor that might be a way that I would swing to just because um, I don't I, I as prestigious as it is you want to have good character in uh, in some of these guys getting into the Hall of Fame that there's going to be a ton of criticism on um, the last thing you want to do is put uh, and I'm picking someone so this is no uh, reflection on them but the last thing you want to do is put Roger Clemens in and a reporter really pushes him and he blows up at the reporter that's the absolute last thing that you need sure. considering okay. this is going to be sure. groundbreaking yeah, you know, but Clemens, Bonds, I think McGuire uh, is is a short list. And, and obviously, it, it, this is maybe one of those topics that we, you know, revisit in the offseason or as we get closer to baseball season, um, you know, maybe it, uh, you know, maybe it just comes up a little bit more. And, and whether or not he should be in the Hall of Fame, but I think a guy that um, right, wrong, or indifferent changed the game – I think for the better in terms of kind of cleaning it up a little bit is is Jose Canseco because a lot of those guys that he named in the book that basically blackballed him from the game of baseball turned out to be true. Uh, so if you really kind of dig at it, Jose Canseco um, wasn't as, as much of a detriment to the game of baseball as, um, you know, some of the guys that he named in that book. But um, the, the, the bottom line is here, and, and obviously that's a discussion for another day, is the Hall of Fame got this one right this year, at least with the three guys that went in. You can't argue with these guys. You can't I, – I don't think you're going to find a lot of people uh, to to say that uh, any of these uh, are wrong. So to, uh, to Jeff yeah, – I got to Bat- throw one more thing out there just Go ahead. it supports my argument, but uh- – the wonderful Damien has uh, has sent me a message and says that there is a character section in the voting standards for the Hall of Fame. So Dave is right. I added part of that, but uh, clearly, if if that is true, Dave is right. So um, just throwing that out there. But the other the other uh, the other thing I'll uh, add on here and uh, something that's definitely worth talking about uh, for a for a future show. Um, I think we can do it across sports. Um, but who? In the baseball world, right now speaking, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. You, you, you throw that out there, and I mean, we could do it across sports. I mean, you, you look at it in baseball, though. Um, currently playing, I think you have a couple potentials, but I don't know that you have any true surefire first ballot Hall of Famers playing right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't. And, and 
is it, you know, is it is it just the nature of the game? Is it the 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 way the game has changed, where the the way the mindset of the player has changed? I don't know. That's definitely something that you know. I, I think these sorts of things, these sorts of discussions, I think we can uh, will be fun uh, over the uh, over the football off season, Dave. But uh, if there's nothing else here. Uh, let people know your Twitter, and then we're going to close this thing up and get ready for conference championship weekend. Yeah, Jim, uh, nothing else on my end. So uh, Twitter is at D Gerhart, uh, G-E-R-H-A-R-T, 024. I uh, hope everyone has a wonderful uh, short work week if you're in the, the banking world like me and you get to uh, celebrate MLK Day on uh, this past Monday. But uh, any any hour uh, over halfway through the weekend, uh, closer to some football games this weekend. So uh, hope everyone enjoys those, and we'll uh, we'll be back at it again next week. Yeah, we certainly will, Dave, and uh, we'll talk to you then, buddy. Have a good one, Big Jim. All right, see you, Dave. And that's going to do it for us, folks. The Huddle Up Podcast live each and every Wednesday night, at least for now, on NGSC Sports. We'll discuss the future as we get past the Super Bowl, but we got a couple of weeks left to be live every single week, so join us next Wednesday night as we talk about conference championship, our thoughts on the Pro Bowl, and some early thoughts on the Super Bowl in a few weeks. So thank you again for listening this week. Have a great weekend. Again, visit NGSCSports.com where we never stop. Also go to LeapSports.com to check out our show, L-E-E-I-P-Sports.com. Podcast us, iTunes, Android. Go to Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at Big Jim Sports. Until next week, folks, have a good one, and go for the win. Brady or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you.